The Make My Damn Movie Podcast contains explicit language. Listener discretion advised. Here we go. Film, entertainment, screenplay, Mark Reynolds, Tom Swain. This is Make My Damn Movie. Okay, later on in this podcast... We will discuss how differently we look at movies now that we know what goes into writing one. Yeah. This is your idea, uh-huh. so you better have something to bring to the table. Oh, I got nothing. Because I don't know. You got nothing. I don't know what direction I'm thinking here, but we'll it'll see. go somewhere. You know, I noticed uh, something I was going to bring up here. A dramatic spike in downloads of this podcast what? from Los Angeles, Santa Monica, Burbank, Malibu, and Pasadena. That eh, makes sense, especially Burbank. Yeah, but it was like boom on the last podcast. Really, mm. really big. What's up with that? Last podcast, I got lambasted about my pronunciation of Steve oh, no. Simi's name on the podcast before the last podcast. Uh-huh. So, you and I attempted to write the ship and ended up fucking his name up even more. Again. If that was at all possible, and believe me, it was, and more of our attentive listeners made sure that we were aware of that fact. Now, what I did was I lifted a clip from the actor himself, and here it is. We can put this to bed once and for all. I say Buscemi. Growing up, my family said Buscemi. That, I think my dad came up with that. But the correct, you know, like Sicilian pronunciation is Buscemi. So when people say Buscemi, that's very close to how I think what the real pronunciation is. So I don't usually correct people if they say Buscemi. There you go. Oh, man. Done. Just to muddy up the water some more. I'm never bringing his name up again. Uh -uh. Uh -uh. Ever. Love the man. Yeah. Never bringing his name up again. Okay. On an added note. And another criticizing note at that, <laughs> it appears our audience felt I was an asshole oh. for calling a teenage girl <laughs> a bitch. <laughs> Somehow I knew this was going to come up. Now, I'm an asshole for a lot of reasons, <laughs> but not so much here, okay? Now, listen up. <laughs> it all stems from the Chipotle incident where a young woman who had left the restaurant came all the way back from the parking lot right. to open the door for me as I was entering the establishment. The old codger. Yeah. I was pissed off because I personally feel like I don't look like some helpless, frail old fuckbag <laughs> who needs a door open for him. So I stand by my commentary and refer to her as a bitch once again. Thank you. Thank you very much. And you can write to... No, you cannot. And I will ignore all of it because that's <laughs> where I stand. <laughs> One more item to bring up on the agenda here before we get going. And that's our other podcast. Oh, God. <laughs> called Radioactive Rant. Now, we haven't posted an episode for a long, long time. It's, and It's been a minute. 
Uh, a month. There's a new episode that we did record a while <laughs> back, and it's available as we speak. Is it? I guess. Is it? So if you go looking for it and it's not there, I just decided not to post it. <laughs> At the last minute, yeah. he's like, uh, I can't let this out in the world. Not on the whole proud of it, but nonetheless, it's posted. It's out there. Maybe. We'll Possibly. see. I don't know. We need to come up with what we're going to do with that damn thing. Ask man. the Magic 8-Ball. Should we stop? We We've done that do. before, but Magic 8-Ball, should we continue doing Radioactive Rant Podcast? Well, that that answers that. That solves that. I've never heard him so definite about anything. Yeah, Yeah, that thing's usually pretty wishy-washy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's hurry up. I got to get some spare ribs in me here. (laughs) It's time for messages from the stupid thing. Uh, MakeMyDamnMovie.com. See, I had radioactive ran on the Mm -mm. map. Anyway. Uh, you can go to the thing, the website, radio. Uh, by the uh, make my damn movie.com and send us a message and we will read them now. Elijah, Chapel Hill, North Carolina. I liked what you guys talked about on episode 85 when it comes to keeping a fresh idea alive. It all sounds good in the beginning and then it stalls. Mm-hmm. Glad I'm not the only one. I wish you were the only one. Oh, okay. Logan, Newcastle, Australia. (laughs) Hey, Mark, I'm a lot like you. When I imagine a good story idea and after a few days it becomes stuffed up, I also feel like tossing it straight into the bin. Listen, Crocodile Dundee, (laughs) don't compare yourself to me. I'm in a league all my own. At least that's what I think. Gwen, Stillwater, Oklahoma. I bet Make My Damn Movie is the only screenwriting podcast that debates which toilet paper is the best toilet paper. You're right. Maybe this is actually a toilet paper podcast. Think about it. It talks a little bit about screenplays, and that's not a bad idea. Possibly. That's very niche. Very. And people would listen. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't believe the comments I got regarding that toilet paper conversation. Crazy. Connor, Houston, Texas. Tom's staff pick True Romance was questionable. Yes, everyone has the right to their opinion, but there's a reason why that film wasn't popular. Weak plot and over-the-top characters. Most times I agree with him, but this was a head-scratcher. I don't know. I like that movie. Everybody loves that movie. To each his own, I guess? I guess. Daniel. guy's on his own. Williamsburg, Virginia. I do not write movies, but I like to make my damn movie podcast. I wish you guys would talk less about screenplays and just goof off more. Well, I feel like that's what we that's, actually do. Yeah. So we only talk that. a little bit about the screenplay. Exactly. Lauren Pomona, California. I'd like to swing back around to comparing grumpy, short tempered TV characters to Mark. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> what about the obvious from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Someone in the past mentioned Dennis Reynolds, but what about Mac? He's been known to blow a fuse or two and has attempted to choke Sweet D on more than one occasion. So I think that's a great similarity. McElhenney, yeah. I love being equated to a strangler. Just made my day. Thank you very much. Those were your messages. Those were your messages. We hope to hear from you. 
Sweet D. His real life. His real life wife. And he got the choker. (laughs) He did choker on a few. I forgot about that. Mm -hmm. But he's like really gone for it. Oh, yes. He's all in. Little truth in there, maybe? (laughs) I don't know. Just saying. Possibly. Not 100% sure. Okay, there's that for the thing. Now I'm all messed up. (laughs) You got to go back. (sighs) Moving on to the movie quotes game, where I read a quote from a movie, and you try to tell me what movie it's from. Take 20! (laughs) (sighs) Where's the thing? Fuck off. Okay. Here's your first one. Well, what happened was I took her son and I dressed him up like a girl and I talked him into playing with me. <laughs> Role models? Ladybugs, Chester ah, Lee. Ah, rat farts. Coach Chester Rodney Dangerfield. Oh, yeah. And if you watch that movie, you just know all it is is a paycheck for Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah. Believe me. Here's your second one. Hey, psycho, we're not going to discuss this, okay? It's over. Please get out of my Van Halen t-shirt before you jinx the band and they break up. Adam Sandler in The Wedding Singer. Nice job. Very good. Now, we have done these before, so... Oh, had to throw that tell in. me that! <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah! Here's the third one. I loathe the bus. There has to be a more dignified mode of transportation. Mm. I'll give you the character's name. All right. Samantha. I will give you the actress who portrayed Samantha, Molly Ringwald. Oh, uh, 16 Candles. Mm, you don't get a resounding bell. And as for clapping, come on. Took you a half hour to get that. Hey, I got it eventually. We got around to it. God, that's over. <laughs> yeah, really. Okay, that was the thing. From the stuff. And uh-huh. now it's time for another thing called the Staff Picks. Make my damn movie Staff Picks, where we attempt to force you to watch movies that we like. What? Wait a second. What's wrong? No old TV things? Huh? Oh. That's one of my favorite things because I learned something new about. Well, why didn't you tell television? me before? I'm not editing this shit. Don't. I'm not. So now I got to find the thing, uh-huh. which is very hard for me to do. Yes, now we move on. So we did the movie quotes. You game. even had the cards out. I know. You were trying to skip ahead. Fuck. Okay, backing up. Okay. What were we doing? We were doing the movie quotes game. Yes. We moved forward, jumped over the Just trivia questions. Right over the trivia. To the stupid staff picks, which I hate too. I hate every element of this show. <laughs> <laughs> so what we do after the movie quotes game is I read a couple of these TV trivia cards from the trivial pursuit game I found in the garage without the game, without the game from 1940. Sure. Here's your first one. Okay. 
Who played Ethel Mertz in I Love Lucy? I Love Lucy. Oh, uh, Estelle. Vivian Vance. Ah! What was Rhoda Morgenstern's profession? Whoops. You pig fucker! Uh, waitress department store window dresser damn it that was a hard one what TV show was spun off from bewitched I dream of Jeannie Tabitha Tabitha the daughter the daughter became some TV show I don't even know if that was a big hit but Mm. it did spin off what actor played the homosexual son on Soap? Ah! Oh, no. You know what? Bailey Crystal. Yes! Got one. Very nice. Mm. Now I'll still play the... Hey! It really doesn't belong there, that part. Eh. But I did it because I messed up royally. Now can we do the stat picks? Now we can do it. Should try to get through this. The fuck box is getting some use. Yeah, it's getting some use. Uh, Yeah, the thing, the stat picks. Where we attempt to force you to watch movies that we like. Plus, you can go to MakeMyDamnMovie.com to see our list of staff picks. So you're bored. You're sitting around. What the shit do I do? And you can go to MakeMyDamnMovie.com and click on the staff picks page. And there's a bunch of movies that we've suggested. Uh Whatever. Do it or not. I don't really care. How's that? That's the mood I'm in. I care. What's your thing? Pick. Oh, mine. What, What you got? Mine is Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. A comedy. 1998. Mm-hmm. Directed by Terry Gillum. Yep. Starring Johnny Depp as Hunter S. Thompson and Benicio Del Toro as Dr. Gonzo. Uh, it's the big screen version of Hunter S. Thompson's seminal psychedelic classic based sometime in the 1970s about his road trip across Western America as he and his large Samoan lawyer searched Desperately for the American dream, they were helped in large part by the huge amount of drugs and alcohol kept in their convertible Cadillac, Mm -hmm. the Red Shark. The Red Shark. So bizarre, this movie was almost impossible to make. Yeah. They called the novel just unfilmable. Yeah. But, you know, it was the 90s. It was funny. They wanted to see weird shit back then. Yeah. Like giant lizards in Las Vegas hotel rooms and Mm -hmm. that kind of crap. But uh, I really like that movie. Me too. Stands up. It does. Mm-hmm. It was funny. Yeah, it was. It was very funny. It's called Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Now, mine is called Where the Buffalo Roam from 1980, starring Bill Murray, Peter Boyle, and Bruno Kirby. Again, a movie bizarre. about Hunter S. Thompson. What the hell? And we did not coordinate it. No. Oh, this is crazy. Anyway, where the Buffalo Roam? In 1968, drug-fuddled journalist Hunter S. Thompson, Bill Murray, covers the drug possession trial of a group of young people defended by Thompson's longtime lawyer friend, Carl Laszlo, played brilliantly by the late Peter Boyle. After the idealistic Laszlo loses the case, he and the cynical writer go their separate ways. But... 
The two meet again five years later while Thompson is covering the Super Bowl. Now a revolutionary who has abandoned the legal system, Laszlo attempts to get Thompson to join his cause. It's a good one. You should seek out yeah. where the buffalo roam. Two picks. That's crazy, man. Two picks Hunter about S. Hunter Thompson. S. Thompson. Now, I've seen both movies. Yeah. Where the Buffalo Roam is by far the better of the two. I like them both. Uh-huh. But man, Bill Murray is Hunter S. Thompson. Yeah. Period. End of story. It's fantastic. You I should check that still out. Still haven't seen it. I can't believe it either. It's hard and, to find. And you cannot find it. I don't even know if you can buy it anymore on DVD. I should check that out because I'd like to have that. I haven't seen it in a long time, but I used to watch it all the time. That was my go-to movie. So good. Bill Murray, because it was right after he did Meatballs, which was a PG (laughs) kind of kids summer camp thing, right? And it was so out of character for him. Definitely. What is this? Playing Hunter S. Thompson. That's weird. This time around, we're going to talk about how we look at movies now, now that I actually write screenplays. And now after I've actually delved in and learned more about screenwriting. Exactly. See, I used to watch movies without a care in the world until I started writing them. Uh-huh. Now I can't watch a movie without a billion things running through my head. And that's why when I was writing these mm-hmm. screenplays, these seven original screenplays producers, I'm like, wait a minute. What the hell? I don't want these to be like. Crap. Yeah, because I learned and they've progressed, they've right. evolved. Absolutely. And so one of the movies that I used to like, SLC Punk, mm-hmm. I watched because of your screenplay broadcast high. The one I'm working on. Yeah. About punk rock music in the 70s. Right. And so I used to love SLC Punk. I thought it was a really cool movie when I was a kid and yeah. young adult. And I didn't really know anything about, you know, three act structure or any of that shit. Right. Now I look at it and I'm just like, I couldn't make it through the fucking movie because there was just exposition dumps. And then there was uh, overdubbing and like he was saying stuff three and four times that he just talked about. And I'm just like, all right, no go. This is this isn't making any sense anymore. Yeah. You see, that's the retreading stuff that you just talked about. Had you not known about screenwriting, Mm -hmm. what goes into it, some of the rules, how it's done, would you have still liked it now? Probably. Yeah. And so it ruined it for you. It really does. It does. So it ruins it for you. Yeah. Because you know how the sausage is made now. I guess so. And I piss off my wife (laughs) by saying, okay, this isn't making any sense. This scene should not be here. Because she doesn't know what goes into screenwriting. I mentioned Shaggy shaggy Dog Stories, and she's like, shut up and watch the movie. And I'm like, I can't. This is horrible. Yeah, this isn't the way it's supposed to be. Right. Okay, but we've also talked about rules that are out there, like the Save the Cat book. Now that's, that that yeah. are wrong. That's just that's a template. Pigeon, that's an outline. Pigeonholing yourself. Right. That's this has to happen on page whatever. And if you're doing that, you're just an obedient machine. You're not a writer. Right. So I yeah. watch movies yeah. now, and I think, wow, my original screenplays, right. my first drafts were kind of like this awful movie I'm watching right now. Take my favorite movie uh-huh. that I hate, Ping Pong Summer, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> there you go. Ah! 
And I look at that movie and I do watch it all the time only because it makes me feel better about what I've written because it's that awful. (laughs) It's so bad. It's the worst. And we talk often about Ping Pong Summer. And the one thing our listeners agree with me about is how awful that movie is. That's true. Because I'll say how bad it is. And people will think, I'll show that motherfucker. I'll watch it. I bet it's great. And then they write in, sucked. You were right. (laughs) I shouldn't have watched it. And that movie, here I go. And that movie has Mm -hmm. Leah Thompson, Amy Sedaris, Susan Sarandon. There's some quality names in that movie. And I guarantee you, none of them have seen Ping Pong Summer. Why would they? They've been in it, but they've never seen it. But anyway, I watched that movie And then I compare it to my first draft of, let's say, Radio Chaos. Right. And let me read the logline for Radio Chaos. (laughs) Radio Chaos, the logline. A gung-ho teen in 1981 recruits college-age rebels to hijack a sleazy owner's rural radio station to use it as an audition to land a job at the number one rock station in the city. Mm -hmm. Now... My first drafts of that movie, and that's always been the logline. Right. For the most part. Yeah, you've switched out a little bit. But my first drafts of Radio Chaos were like Ping Pong Summer. Yes. The film that's been produced. The awful film. With A-list talent in it. Right. And I'm watching that, and I'm like, wait a minute. No way. How is this movie, Ping Pong Summer, how has that been (laughs) made? Because I've taken my awful first drafts of Radio Chaos... And turned them into gold. Yeah. It took some time. I mean, you had to learn more about entering late, exiting early. Exposition which, dumps. Right. Narration. You can't have a bunch of coincidences. Yeah, you can't have all of these things in movies, and you can't have these scenes that are just dry and dead and stupid, and I'm going to pick apart a scene from Ping Pong Summer, and I think you'll enjoy this. Oh, God, do you Not. have to? So Judah Friedlander yeah. okay, plays a convenience store clerk. Great comedian. In this film, Ping Pong Why? Summer. <laughs> <laughs> and the kid, the character, the main character, okay, yeah. is on vacation with his family in Ocean City, Maryland in 1985. And he's just entering ninth grade, high school. Uh, okay. So awkward. he's getting ready to go into high school. So he's what, 13, 14 years yeah. old. Okay. And this kid is very awkward. Oh so my God. He wants to get an icy, which is like a Slurpee. Right. Okay. If you don't know. And if you don't know, what the fuck have you been, man? Not on this planet. So he goes into the convenience store, picks up the cup, mm-hmm. goes to the icy machine. There's two choices cola and cherry. Like most times with an yes. icy machine. So he takes some of the cola, mm-hmm. then he puts some cherry in, goes back to the cola, puts some cherry in, mixes them. Okay. Right. Then he gets the top of the cup, puts it on, grabs a spoon straw, puts it in, goes to the counter. The clerk says, who told you you could mix flavors? The kid's like, I'm sorry. <sighs> the clerk says, Just like that. hey, man, lighten up. I'm just screwing with you. I'm bored. You need to go back to that icy machine and you need to top it off. That's what you need to do. And then you need to take a sip and then you need to top it off again because it's not an icy unless you sneak a sip. This is a scene Uh, in a fucking movie that was produced with Judah Friedlander as the store clerk. 
Now you tell me. I just explained that to you, by the way, verbatim. That's the scene. And the scene is like a half hour long. It feels like it's a half hour long. Oh, my God. You should check that movie out, Ping Pong Summer, if you get a chance. Don't shoot the messenger, (laughs) but you should check it out. But anyway, I equate that to my 80s movie. Yeah. Radio Chaos. And you had a similar scene, and you were like, wait a second. This is going on way too long. There's nothing important driving this scene exactly now that i know what goes into screenwriting Mm -hmm. because now i know and again there's some rules that you're like this is stupid right some manufactured horse shit that someone's pushing on me by numbers shit exactly don't do that no there are some hard and fast rules that you should live by so you don't have these elongated boring go nowhere scenes that mean nothing in these movies and my early drafts pretty much all had that yeah because i was just blapping <laughs> them out just like ah more pages more pages and again i'm going and referring to my first screenplay first drafts yes. that just went on and on i have the whole it's here <laughs> it's huge 568 pages i printed it out and I'm you not did. kidding you. I had to buy a forklift <laughs> and get a license to drive said forklift to pull that thing out. It was so big, so many pages, because I kept thinking, it's just got to be a million pages. You know, it's a screenplay. Right. Yeah, keep it to 90 to 120, right? That's it. Especially anyway, comedies. The point being is that I look at movies differently now than I did before I knew about screenwriting. Right. And you can learn stuff from bad movies. I'm not talking about Plan 9 from Outer Space type movies. I mean... Ping Pong Summer. Yeah, that kind of bad movie. I still, to this day, look back on those early drafts Uh and think, wow, what the hell was I thinking? Who in the hell would have even written that? But I did because I didn't know. (laughs) Exactly. You know? It was like, "Ah, I'm the movie. And that's not how it works. It really isn't. You got to take a good, hard look at yourself and say, wow, back up. Hold up on that car wash. This is not working because it's just blah, 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 blah. And you can't do that. Again, take the icy scene in the convenience store in Ping Pong Summer. Yeah. That was horrific. And there's a bunch of scenes like that in there. It's like, didn't you, in your writing, just whittle it down, hone it, make it entertaining. I guess I'm just frustrated because I see these movies and they've been made. Oh, yeah. There's a bunch on Netflix and, you know. Of course. Amazon. And it's just frustrating as all shit because at this point, I have at least three or four of my screenplays in the hands of producers. Right. And all I'm thinking is, wake the fuck up, man. (laughs) Make the movie. Again, that's my pitch. Make the fucking movie. (laughs) That's your pitch. How hard is that? Just do it. I don't think producers take kindly to that kind of talk. How you like my pitch? Make a fucking movie. That's my pitch. Again, Yikes. this podcast was the fucking pitch, but <laughs> I digress. I got to go through one more scene in that fucking movie. Ping pong. Shitty oh summer. I got to. You have to. Because it follows up as bad as that convenience store scene was. Yeah. Right? About the icy. It continues. Ah, uh, yes. So he goes, this kid the, uh, leaves the, the convenience store and he's walking down the sidewalk, slurping on his icy. And this kid out of nowhere just runs up to him holding a blue straw. Oh. And he says, hey, 
you drop this. And the kid with the icy looks, he goes, no, I already have a straw. I didn't drop it. The kid says, yeah, I saw you drop it back there. (laughs) The kid says again, I have a straw already. I don't need it. The other kid with the blue straw says, what are you talking about? Who can't use a spoon straw? (laughs) It's in the movie. That's in the movie. That's repeated dialogue. That's another thing that drove me crazy in uh, SLC Punk. They kept doing that. Like you just said that two seconds ago. Move on. Yeah. You following me? Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. But you learn from those. I don't know. And honed your screenplays down. I guess that's what you have to do. Tight, tight scenes. I guess my whole point about how I look at movies now is that it frustrates me because there are movies that I like before, like you like that one. And I'm like, oh gosh, this is bad. So I don't know if I'm tainted or let's put ourselves in the place of just your regular people watching movies that never write screenplays. Right. Maybe that's why all this crap's out there. They just, okay. Maybe. That's fine. Well, that's depressing. I don't like that. Ah! Okay. Well, this is the last (laughs) podcast. (laughs) Fuck this shit. Wait. That shit. There you go. How we look at movies now is differently than just a few years ago. Absolutely. Because like you said, I look at the same thing. I'm like, what the hell? I liked this a long time ago. I don't like it anymore. It's because, eh, eh. you know, it's what not goes making into sense it. and you but know what not to do. Back to the frustration level. Why the hell was it made? I don't know. That's that, what the, bothers me. The fucking uh, hey. ping pong summer. Yeah. Who was the writer on that? They're going to write in and say, I hate you. I'm going to kill you. Good. Please. Would you kill me now? It's the writer director, which Mm -hmm. it would have to be in that movie. Cause this Mm -hmm. is this guy's dream. And he probably, this happened to him when he was a kid in 85. Right. I get it, dude, because that's what radio chaos is all about. Yeah. Me back in 1980 at my first radio job, it's based on my life. I get it because my first drafts of that were horrific. (laughs) Oh, my God. Just, uh, But they need to own up to it. i got to pull it out here. Oh, no. Well, I have to. Jeez. Huge. That hurt. The whole desk shook. But I'm just looking through this thing, and it just has these 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 lines of description. Oh, description. Jesus. You know, in my four-line rule. Yeah. That I have now. That's right. But 16 lines just here. And some of these pages are just black. They're just, look at that. (laughs) Boom. I mean, it's just nonsensical shit that I just want to put in there because I lived it and it would be interesting and cool. That's like the scene that was in there when I took the stereo when I was a kid, yes, took the dra- stereo out, dragged a big stereo downstairs, outside. And all, it was just like the scene from Ping Pong Summer. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. had all the <laughs> well, it, wait, oh it, my excruciating God. detail. It was Ping Pong Summer. Ah. Yikes. But you following me? Oh, yeah. Because you know that was in there. You and I both, I when I was telling you that we're story, we're like, oh, we're like oh, my gosh, that's gold. That's got to be in there. It had nothing to do with... With the story. It didn't drive the story. It, That's right. Of course it didn't. It just satisfied me because it was something that I did. Therefore, everyone would be interested in it. And I think that's the problem with a lot of writer-producers. I do, too. Right, right. 
writer director direct. and that's with this ping pong summer movie and i hate to just keep ragging on it but <laughs> man a it's a lot bad. of them out there too yeah but this one i'd like to talk about it negatively because <laughs> it's good to compare because it's a time, radio time period piece yeah, yeah. in the 80s yeah. and i and know teen. i guarantee you this this guy that wrote it and directed i guarantee you this is something i bet you that all happened to him right i it bet he's some that kid passion project yeah and, and that's, that's kind of what radio chaos was right. it was my pat oh yeah because it's the first one for one and then secondly, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Yeah. And thirdly, I was just going to throw everything at the wall and put it on paper. Every single thing went in there. All of the stuff that finally a producer said, hey, asshole, <laughs> there's a great story in here, mm-hmm. but you got to cut all this shit out. Buried. And I mean, quick. And I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> He didn't like that very much. I did not like that. But it's good to just blap away and kind of have all that shit on the on the paper or yeah. on the screen yeah. and then just whittle it away. That's what I did. Until you have a compelling scene. I kept taking the beginning of that fucking movie that was probably to get to the point where he was <laughs> on the radio. It's exactly. about being on a radio station. That was probably 20 pages before that even happened. Now it's two. That's right. It's two. It's two pages. You know? And you have to do that when you're writing these things, especially if it's about yourself. Mm -hmm. Because to you, that's the most important thing. I'm very interesting, and what I did is very interesting. Therefore, everyone will want... No, 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 no one wants to see it. And there's well-known directors, writers that do that, and they... They break those rules. I wonder if that guy that wrote the ping pong summer, I should look up his name, but I'm not. But anyway, I wonder if he's like, wow, this icy scene, man. Everyone's going to relate to that. Yeah, because I did this. I did it, man. And and people are going to go, oh, yeah, that, man. Yeah, I used to mix the flavors. Yeah, we all did that. But And and this guy said this to me, and it scared me. And (laughs) so what I'm getting from all that is you're a fucking wimp, man. (laughs) Idiot. <laughs> I don't care. I give a shit. I'm an idiot with nothing to lose. Again. I don't need this shit. Anyway, there you go. That's the thing. So right? we did Yay! learn something. Did we? We learned that we've learned we about writing movies yeah. normally anymore. That's true. <laughs> that really is sucks. true. That's why, listen, producers. Can I have a one-on-one with you? Listen up. Just listen up. Okay. I need these made (laughs) so I can watch a movie and say, now that's how it's done. There you go. There you go. Okay. That's it. End the story. All right. I got to go. I really want to go. So uh, go to the thing, makemydamnmovie.com, and uh, we'll talk to you another time. Bye. This was really hard. It was like watching ping pong summer.